Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to this special weekend presentation of Black Box Online Radio. First, I would hope that everyone had a happy Thanksgiving to those who celebrate here in the United States and around the globe. And I have to give a shout out to YouTube user ShaperArt, who said, Happy Thanksgiving, Ned, and thank you for the wonderful shows. As part of a yearly tradition, I always watch the movie Thanks Killing about a murderous, psychopathic, undead turkey out for vengeance. And I have to mention that you look so much like the actor playing Billy. I had to triple check IMDb to be certain it wasn't you. Hey, ShaperArt, thanks for the recommendation. I absolutely love movies like that. And I was even going through the... Um, I guess you'd call it the index or the catalog. I'm not really sure what it's called electronically. But they have these channels, Popcorn Flicks and Film Rise Media. And they have so many horror movies and thrillers that are right up that alley. I love that stuff. I definitely hope to watch this movie, Thanks Killing, in the future. And just some other quick announcements before we begin. I think that I'm going to have to bring back the true crime talk radio segments at some point in the future because... I find that when I'm encountering aspects of the true crime world that are very good for discussion, but they aren't necessarily going to turn into standalone episodes, and it's just a couple sentences here and there. For example, what I would say on true crime talk radio is there's going to be a new series out on Nat Geo called The Hot Zone, Anthrax, about the Anthrax killer. They did a season one of the Hot Zone, which is available not only on Nat Geo, but also on, I think, Hulu, but it's on the ABC app for free. It's a six-part series, and I started watching that one to get ready for the second season. I'm pretty sure they're going to be unconnected. However, season one of the Hot Zone is about Ebola, and it's a dramatization. It's like a fictional TV show based on true events, of course, but I mean, it's just like a TV series. It's not a documentary. It is so good. I can't wait for the series on the Anthrax Killer because ever since I did the episode on Zodianthrax here on this channel, I have just wanted to know more about the Anthrax Killer, to learn more about Bruce Evans, and I have to give another shout-out to Tyler Grover, who wrote most of the substance material for that episode. And in addition to the Hot Zone Anthrax, I was just messing around on YouTube, and I found that somebody had uploaded a copy of The Hunt for the Unicorn Killer. This was a miniseries from 1999, and it is about Ira Einhorn and the murder of Holly Maddox, and that's available on MFC Sports Crime. One more time, the name of the channel is MFC Sports Crime. If you are looking for this or you choose to listen to it, make sure you get the one that is two hours and 50 minutes or three hours long. They had some other channels that had uploaded segments of this miniseries, but not the whole thing. And by chance, after I had searched for it, it turned out it had only been uploaded three days before I looked for it. It was kind of just some sheer good luck. Maybe that means they will take it down in the near future, but that was another very, very excellent miniseries. It might not win the most awards or something. It's from 1999, as I said, very old. But it really just pulled me into it. I watched it one day, you know, one hour here, one hour there, and one hour there, like watching three TV shows, but it's called The Hunt for the Unicorn Killer, and it's, um, once again, on the channel MFC Sports Crime. And the final announcement is actually a question for you guys. For the future episodes, I'm going to be putting in a poll question that's going to, going to be played over the course of the next week or so, 
And I want to ask you guys what you want to hear. Last time I did this, I was asking about what unconfirmed Zodiac crime would you like to learn more about, and people voted overwhelmingly for the disappearance of Donna Lass. And over the last several weeks and months, I've been doing a regular segment on Thursdays about the disappearance of Donna Lass here on this channel. But that series is winding down, and I am planning a new one, but I'm once again going to be asking you in the audience, what do you want to hear about? And the four choices that I will propose to you are, number one, Jack the Ripper, number two, the Long Island serial killer, and number three, D.B. Cooper, and number four is just a more general one about serial killers, meaning that it could be a different person every week, or it could talk about even some things like serial killer psychology. You guys know that I love to discuss that subject, even though you are dealing with very, very heinous and evil individuals. We still want to learn more about the human thought process. So those are the four choices that I would propose to you. Jack the Ripper, the Long Island Serial Killer, D.B. Cooper, or Serial Killers for a weekly deep dive segment, and just that, that it would be exploring a particular case or subject and trying to examine the information from any angle possible. And I just did one on the disappearance of Donna Lass, and there might be one or two more episodes coming out about Donna Lass on Thursdays this year as uh, 2021 winds down. You can put your answer down in the comments section down below. Some people like to uh, vote for those simply just by writing the number. If you say, I vote for one, if you want to vote for Jack the Ripper. And yes, all of these subjects have been previously covered on the channel. So if you want to go back through Black Box Online Radio and listen to something about Jack the Ripper or the Long Island serial killer, there are numerous episodes on all, all of these. I have one episode, and I repeat, only one on D.B. Cooper that I did myself, but I have interviewed Drew Beeson, who's the author of the book Paratrooper of Fortune, talking about his Zodiac Killer suspect, Ted B. Braden. Now, to get into today's material, I once again have to say a big thank you to Bruce and I'll refer to him as that because he provided me with some content about the Zodiac Killer, and it was actually an old article that was written in Argosy Magazine, and it had this weird telegram in there, but he also asked if I would talk about a missing persons case, and I often do not do too many things about missing persons cases, but he asked if he if I would examine the case involving his own father, William Higgins. And it was the first time that anyone had ever asked me to talk about a family member that close to them on this channel. So I said yes. And if you would like to hear the first episode that I did about that subject, it's called Zodiac Killer, the voice print article. Many of you listened to it last week, and you also left some comments about the disappearance of William Higgins from 1969. So we will get to that material in a second as well. So in this episode, I will read off some additional comments and notes that Bruce has written about his father's disappearance, and then I will get to your questions and comments. Just in case you didn't hear that last episode that I did for Zodiac Mondays, where I also talked about the disappearance of William Higgins, I'll give some introductory information. His full name was William Alfred Higgins. He disappeared on April 1st of 1969. He was last seen in McKeesport, Pennsylvania. He was 35 years old at the time, born in 1933. He 
he was a white male, 5 feet 9 inches tall, estimated weight 175 pounds, hair color was black with some gray, he styled it by combing it back, eye color was brown, and he possibly wore steel mill-like clothes, green or blue pants, long sleeve, blue work shirt, black or brown work boots, and they have a photo of a similar truck that would have been driven by William Higgins, not his actual truck, but an old-fashioned pickup, and it says, William Higgins and his truck vanished after arriving home from work under suspicious circumstances in 1969. Now, Bruce can correct me if I get any of this wrong, but I believe that a fair assessment of this would be the authorities have looked into this and they simply determined that it was a walk away, that William Higgins, Bill, as he was more commonly known as, just walked away to start a new life. But Bruce believes that there was a very high chance that foul play could have been involved with his father's disappearance, and it it may even involve another family member being Bruce's mother, because shortly after William Higgins disappeared, his mother became very public with a relationship that she was having with a younger guy named Mike. Now, in the previous episode, I said very clearly that William Higgins was very much aware that Bruce's mother and Mike were having this affair, and that he's even looking out, seeing them getting into a car together, and I believe Bruce remarked by saying that he just thought that it was so strange that his father was so nonchalant about it. Now, does that suggest that someone was planning to walk away and start a new life, or is that, does that suggest that someone was simply done with the relationship? So, the additional comments that I this is some brand new material for this episode, relates to um, the disappearance. But, oh, I, I will share one more thing before that. When it says that William Higgins arrived home after work, I believe that means that he went to work in the morning, and he came home on his lunch hour, which, according to Bruce, was very normal. So when he's leaving and not coming back, this is actually in the middle of the day. But Bruce has authored an additional set of comments for this episode. Long story short, I still believe that my mom and Mike had something to do with the permanent disappearance of my dad, Bill. The affair, of course, as being the number one reason, I also stand by the position that my dad and his vehicle were dumped where I stated, and he believes that they were. The vehicle was dumped in the water and it's actually submerged, because as mentioned before, that's where Mike would dump these vehicles that he would steal and strip for parts. The truck has never been located. My dad liked that truck a lot, and I spent much of his, and he spent much of his time fixing it up. I forgot to mention that my dad's social security number has never been used since 1969 either. Now that is very important, because if he were to start a new life, well, I mean, is he just going to be using a different name? I mean, if he just moves out to Hawaii or something, he would still be eligible to claim social security. However, there was, an, there was a theory that was discussed in their previous episode about how William Higgins went to Florida and was going to live on a boat in international waters completely off the grid. And I don't recall the exact origin of that comment, but it made its way to the investigators. And that is a big reason why they believe that William Higgins, Bill, as he was known, has simply walked away he was frustrated with his life, his wife is having this affair, and he just wanted to leave it all behind. But, um, I mean, you definitely get suspicious, and Bruce has authored 
the reasons why he suspects foul play in his father's disappearance. Number one, my mom has never spoken of my dad since the day he left. If she would bring him up briefly over the years, she would never have anything nice to say about him. Even though they knew each other for 15 years and had six kids together, plus she cut off all ties with my dad's side of the family. As far as um, not speaking of him, but when she brings him up, she has nothing nice to say. I believe that just reading that comment there, he means that she will not speak about the disappearance, if I've interpreted that correctly. Reason number two why Bruce suspects foul play. Growing up around my stepdad, Mike, and knowing the things that I know, I could see him doing something to get rid of my dad. Well, I get what you're saying, Bruce. He's a criminal. He is involved with some petty crime, so to speak. You said he steals cars, and he strips them for parts, sells them illegally. Yes, you're going to be suspicious around him. And we need to bear in mind that this is somewhat of an unconventional um, marriage or unconventional relationship. Mike is much younger than his um, his mother, than Bruce's mother. Reason number three to suspect foul play. Like I said, he was a lifelong thief, an arsonist, minor mob enforcer, and a real tyrant to us kids who weren't his. Now, his own two kids he had with my mom, he treated them much better. But Bill's kids, he couldn't wait to get rid of us. Number four, he never mentioned my dad, not once in the 22 years I was around him. Number five, the Quinn family. Mike's last name is Quinn, by the way, Mike Quinn. The Quinn family character flaws. Mike going AWOL, the huge military records fire of 1973 still unsolved. He did so to destroy his records. Well, if it's unsolved, I simply think Bruce believes that Mike destroyed some military records in 1973. Um, perhaps it's still unconfirmed. It worked because there's no info about his brief stint in the Marines. I know because I tried for two years to get them. His one daughter does have his Marine Corps picture, though. The unsolved murder of my friend and neighbor who lived around the corner from us as well as the Quinns. See Eric Doratio of McKeesport. Unsolved murder. Marty Quinn is responsible. See boy burned alive in a barrel. Mar Marty also had a fascination with fire. No matter what, absolutely horrible. There's some sick, twisted, and disgusting people in the world. Mary Quinn's sick joke about my mother putting my dad down a well. And that relates to another explanation about what happened to William Higgins. As we said, he goes to work one day. He comes home for his lunch hour. Then he leaves, and he's never seen again. And someone gave the explanation, Oh, his wife threw him down a well. And they, of course, were just, most likely, when I read that, I'm thinking that's some type of morbid humor. It's not really funny, but someone else is just doing that out of, uh, as I just said, morbid humor. Anyways, you should do a, should you ever do a follow-up, you'll find my accusations are factual. I understand you couldn't mention the records, fire and murder thing, because it's a he said, she said type of thing, but I grew up around these things and overheard a lot. I mean, absolutely, that isn't something that you could bring into a court of law and say that this guy, Mike Quinn, your stepdad, was responsible for the military records fire. But I'll, I'll be very blunt. I completely comprehend why Bruce suspects this guy, Mike, of being involved with his father's disappearance. Now, if he were actually able to locate the truck that William Higgins owned, then, and it turns out that that piece of Bruce's theory is correct. I think that would open up 
an enormous amount of possibilities in terms of the way law enforcement could get involved. Had I the financial whereabouts, I'd have the McKeesport 10th Ward boat landing dock searched and dragged for my dad's truck. I'm 100% certain it's still there. Yeah, the financial means, and that is the location where Mike would dump these cars. That is it, he's stealing them, stripping them for parts, and dumping them, apparently, in the 10th Ward boat landing dock search, and Bruce provided me with uh, the Google Maps and Google Photos of that place. Anyways, as far as the paperwork and the magazine I sent earlier, I haven't a clue. I'm glad I didn't pitch it, though. I almost did, or usually do pitch items I find in books, but by chance I happened upon one of your Zodiac broadcasts. And um, that relates to the telegram that was pressed between the pages of the Argosy article, and that was all about the Zodiac killer's voice print, how voice print may trap the Zodiac killer. That was the article. And to, to if I, I could... I could um, do a very, very quick response right now and say they don't have the Zodiac Killer's voice on file, to the best of my knowledge, and other people have written about that. That isn't just, like, my own wild guess. No, people do not believe they have the Zodiac Killer's voice on file. I've never heard anything conclusive. Some people have claimed in the past that they have, and they've been uh, debunked. And Okay, but about the disappearance of William Higgins, I think that... um it's totally normal to, to suspect foul play. Now, in this episode, I also wanted to respond to some of your questions and comments about the disappearance of William Higgins. Colonel Reb posted on the previous episode, Zodiac Killer, the voice print article, I can just about guarantee you that Bill Higgins is in a pond, lake, or a river nearby McKeesport, Pennsylvania. There's a YouTube channel called Adventures with Purpose that have found many missing people just by diving the waters around last known locations. They should definitely contact those guys. They go all over the country. And yes, I'm, I mean, if Bruce wants to investigate in that way, once again, the channel is called Adventures with Purpose. I mean, if they if that if that show, which definitely seems to have more means than I do, would be able to do some type of dives or explorations underwater. And I think that water is the element that contains life. I know water's not an element, but that's something from Mortal Kombat. Water is life, but it is also death. And you find, in these true crime cases, that water is a very powerful source, where sometimes somebody goes missing near a river, and then they end up in a completely different location, well, I think you can figure out what happened. But when someone is disoriented around a water source, this isn't connected to the disappearance of William Higgins, mind you, but if someone is disoriented around a water source, then the risk of dying is so much higher. And it's an explanation for numerous true crime cases. And we also have other missing persons cases in the true crime world, such as the disappearance of Tara Calico. She was perhaps more famously known as the Polaroid girl, or being part of the Polaroid mystery, where a, a girl disappeared, and then, I believe it's in the state of Florida, it's been a long time since I've read up on that one, but in the state of Florida they found this photo of a Polaroid, a Polaroid photo of a girl and a boy who are seemingly bound. They have tape over their mouths, but they you can't see their hands to see if they actually have any real restraints on them. And they think that maybe that was Tara Calico, a girl who could have been abducted from the southwest of the United States. 
But a large theory in that mystery is that she was actually, she actually died on the day of her disappearance, and her body was hid where? In a, in a nearby water source. I believe it's actually in a quarry, but um, that someone submerged her body into water. And I, I really need to do a larger episode on that or just bring back true crime talk radio, as I said, because with that, um, they simply think that somebody hit her while she was riding her bicycle. And they, they may have been two teenagers who were messing around. They have suspects and they accidentally hit her and injured her. And then they panicked and that ultimately led to Tara's death. And they threw her body into this water source. People will use water as a way to discard someone's remains because they think they will not get caught. How about the disappearance of Donna Lass from 1970, that deep dive podcast that I was talking about? There are so many possibilities about what happened to Donna Lass, but Ann Penn revealed her theory in the disappearance of Donna Lass that Donna was murdered and her remains were discarded at Rubicon Point in Lake Tahoe. I mean, Donna Lass was uh, working in State Line, Nevada. She lived in present-day South Lake Tahoe. Anyone with familiarity of the area, could have found numerous places to discard Donna Lass's body, and she would most likely not be found. Lake Tahoe has a maximum depth of 1,600 feet, 1,600 plus, really, and there are places around the lake that are 800 feet deep. You can go through my Donna Lass episodes to hear more about that. It's a way of hiding very, very vital evidence. And maybe Bruce is completely right about that, but that could be something to investigate. Wacky Wayfarer has a comment about the disappearance of William Higgins. Sounds like Bill Higgins was eliminated in a SITU by the wife and her lover. Her, his wife, is still alive. And, um, yes, she is. Bruce actually wrote in saying, yes, my mother is still alive, but she ain't talking long story or faints memory lapses. She is in her early to mid-80s now. So, um, yes, she is still alive, but I think that those two comments that I just read off are very clear about how they believe that there is some type of foul play going on. I'm, I think that it's only a month after William Higgins disappeared that this guy Mike Quinn moved in to the house. So, not and, and remember what I said before, if this is true, what Bruce has relayed to me, William Higgins had knowledge of the affair. He knew what was going on. Mike and his mother had this ongoing relationship. And was it just a, a way of getting rid of the man who was in the house? And I know that's absolutely pure evil. I mean, if someone's already married, oh, well, that's what your plan is to murder their spouse so you can have access to them. Pure evil. But people do things like that, and that's how they end up on forensic files. And Walter has a comment about the group Adventures with Purpose, the people who do the underwater excavations and uh, underwater investigations, I should have said. Those guys are awesome. They truly are a godsend to all those people who have been left wondering all these years. What trips me out is the amount of people that die by running off the road into a retention pond. Four sailors here in Jack's Beach back in the 90s were coming back from a club and ran a stop sign through a thin plank privacy fence and into a retention pond. I don't know how deep it is, but damn, all four drowned. Sad. So, I think Walter's pretty much in line with those comments that I said about how water can 
be a very powerful force, and not only do people end up hiding evidence in the water sources nearby, whether it's a pond or a lake or a river or a stream, but also accidental death. And it seems like the people who responded to the segment on the disappearance of William Higgins do not believe that there's any type of accidental death going on. Instead, they believe that he was either murdered or intentionally sabotaged in some way. I mean, that would constitute murder definitely in a court of law. It, he was either killed or sabotaged in some way, and then his vehicle was hidden in the um, near the dockport in McKeesport, Pennsylvania. So what do you think happened to William Higgins? Could you provide any alternatives about what could have possibly happened to him? A guy goes to work one day, he comes home for his lunch hour, which he did very regularly. He's last seen in his work clothes, which he would have worn to a steel mill, an ironworks job. What do you, what, can you think of another explanation other than foul play? Do you believe the walkaway theory? And there was that widely discussed one that he ran off to Florida with a different woman and was just going to live on a boat in international waters. But if that were the case, I mean, why didn't he ever contact his side of the family? Why didn't he claim his social security or, or something? And how, how long does someone truly stay in international waters? I mean, like, you're going to come on land at some point, and, I mean, maybe, maybe, I'm sure some people have, I'm sure some people have done that, but what do you think? Please give any comments you have about the disappearance of William Higgins from 1969, and thank you to Bruce for sharing his father's story with me. Thank you to everyone who left comments, and you can also um, answer the question about what deep dive podcast segments you would like to hear about. Okay, that's all for me now. I will see you on Instagram for the bonus podcast. Until next time.